Today on the pod, we got five on it. No, it's just me and John. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Us, the latest movie from Jordan Pill. Also, I went to see Shazam, and I'll be giving a spoiler-free review. And finally, we'll be diving into all the news that came out of the Apple press release about all the different new TV shows coming to a streaming service called Apple TV+. Plus. In a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts, you have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. Talk Filmy to Me. Hello, welcome to the Talk Filmy to Me podcast, the film podcast about news, entertainment, general pop culture. This is episode 64. Oh, 64. You know what they say about 64, John? Uh, It's divisible of 12. Well, I was going to say it's a 69, but are you a fiver? But anyway, you'll keep it far cleaner than that. Uh, my name is Adam Flint, and joining me on the pod today it is my boy, it is my my OG host, it's the guy who's always got five on it, John Descamento. How you doing, buddy? Nice reference to a classic hip-hop track there, Flinty, showing that you're still down with the kids, yeah, not mate. just a film podcaster. It may be about a review we're doing later on as well. Uh, but you are you, you well? You're in good spirits? Uh, well, I'm in a hotel in Norwich, so um, <laughs> I'm having a bloody time of my life. And there's genuinely a a trouser press here that I'm thinking about dismantling. Did you just accidentally partridge me just then? I bloody well did. You know I did. <laughs> um, I am enjoying the series, though. It's had me crying with laughter. Do watch this time of Alan Partridge if you uh, if you're into that sort of thing. Anyway. Who the hell is that? Yes, I, I agree with you. It's absolutely brilliant. I, for one, though, am absolutely knackered this week. It has been absolutely mental. On Sunday nights, I went to see Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, at the O2 on Sunday. Uh, I even think uh, Gemma from Skip to the End podcast was there as well. Um, it was abs- That guy is the most talented person on the planet. It is disgusting how much talent he has. It was incredible. I'm jealous. I'd love to see him. He's got quite a stage presence, hasn't he? He filled the O2 and then some. Uh, He just, yeah, he played some absolute bangers. He dropped some new tunes. Uh, I can't wait for that new album to come out. And uh, yeah, not only is he able to be Lando Carizian, Troy from Community, an amazing musical artist as well, but he is going to be Simba to boot as well. Uh, So yeah, wouldn't it be great to be Donald Glover just for a day? Anyway, John... We're not Donald Glover for a day, but shall we do our first review? Daily Bats. I choose you as Jake. Say my name so my powers will become yours. Shazam. Wait, for real? Say it, okay? Shazam started life out uh, announced about three or four years ago actually when DC and Warner Brothers were doing their big slate of movies uh, when they originally were trying to take over the world with superheroes now given the lukewarm receptions to Justice League and and everything in between of that it's fair to say that DC have had to do a bit of course correcting they've decided to go down the direction of individual stories and just make sure they do some individual films damn well the first out of the bat was Aquaman towards the end of last year of which we scored a very favourable four out of five thinking it was a, a a damn good step in the right direction and this is the next film along those tropes of movies shazam tells the story of billy batson uh, and a kid who was who's orphaned who inherits the power from a wizard i know it sounds absolutely batshit crazy but just stick with me for a second essentially in the world of good and evil there is a wizard that contains the strength of hercules the wisdom of zeus the a bunch of other greek gods that i can't think of the names of but basically if you take all those special abilities and line them up it spells the name shazam this wizard has been fighting the the evil that's been within uh, the earth for many a years and basically is about to pop his clogs he meets young billy batson and says look i'm going to bestow my power upon you and when you say the name shazam you will inherit these powers so you think okay it's a generic superhero movie about someone who gets powers which you know very fast strong and everything else and can fly but that's not the real charm of this movie the charm is that when billy shouts the word shazam he becomes a a superhero but literally in age as well so it goes from being a young boy to being a man with powers and all of a sudden that opens up a whole new world of storytelling think big meets superman that is this movie plus a bit of banana man 
Oh, oh. <laughs> Banana Man, got to keep, got to keep it there for for the Brits there as well. It's directed by a gentleman called David Sandberg. Um, you might not necessarily think about him as the guy to direct superhero movies. He's actually worked on more horror movies. He worked on uh, Annabelle. He's worked on Lights Out. But he is, the, I think he does a masterstroke in this. There's a homage to all classic 80s growing up movies. There's a direct uh, reference to Big in this movie as well. Uh, this film hasn't come out yet. It comes out on the 4th of April, I do believe. We were fortunate enough to go to a screening at Warner Brothers. And thank you very much for inviting us to that. So I don't want to give away too much of the plot um, at this stage. But essentially, it's about a young orphan who inherits these powers and has to kind of live with the duality of being a, a troublesome foster kid whilst trying to become a superhero and learn about all these powers at the same time. The lead in this is a gentleman called Zachary Levy. He is the lead in a TV show called Chuck. Um, he he has gone so far into this role. He is so charming. He is so funny. That innocence of, oh my God, I actually can punch through stuff. I'm bulletproof. I can jump through buildings. But I can also go buy alcohol because I'm a, I'm a mid-30s man all of a sudden. And yeah, it's you can tell there's just such an element of charm to this if you actually watch the trailers and stuff like that as well big shout out to the cast in this um there's basically the at one point billy goes and lives in an orphanage home and there's other kids in that orphanage home and the banter and dialogue between them is so funny so genuine and this was a good time now i went into this film not wanting to like this if i'm being honest from the trailers and the like oh it's just it looks the effects don't look so good and you know to what john actually says in this podcast a lot are we hitting superhero fatigue uh, i don't know and i walked out of this film going nah this is great we are not there yet um as long as i keep making good films we are definitely not there yet so big who, shout out to the this movie for then flinty it is it's for i would say it's a mixture i would say i think i think kids are really going to get something out of this especially sort of the 10 to 15 bracket because the majority of the the time it's with them as kids as opposed to a superhero so you do get to spend a lot of time with these kids in these situations but i think adults are going to get a lot out of this as well especially if you're kind of like an 80s kid because there's so much homage to there's a little bit of last action hero in there as well in terms of just the styling and um, mark strong is in this he plays the bad guy he plays a very stereotypical mark strong type bad guy not a bad thing but uh yeah yeah probably very forgetful as well from that perspective but this like i say before the charm in this movie is not when it's trying to be a superhero movie when it's actually kind of like a freaky friday situation about a kid all of a sudden being an adult and what could you do and then add on top of that they're actually super strong they can fly and they're you know very fast there's a lot of twists and turns in the story it's told very well that this is a film that had no right being as good as it is and i generally really enjoyed this i I highly recommend you go see this in the cinema. I think all of a sudden Warner Brothers can start feeling a bit rosy about their superhero offerings. You've got Aquaman, who done like over a billion uh, before Christmas even. You had Wonder Woman, obviously, had legs when it was released and done so well over that summer. I really hope Shazam also does that. Yes, there is a post-credit stinger, as always, of these sort of movies. And yes, it does lead to other possibilities. That's all I'm going to say on that. I'd love to do a bit more of a spoilery conversation when this hits national release and people have had more of a chance to see this but i'm going four out of five and i think there's something really charming and something for everyone in this one and uh, yeah i consider me someone who generally did not expect to enjoy himself as much as he did uh, dc are definitely swinging for the fences now four out of five shazam well i'm just glad body swap movies are coming back just like miniaturization movies you know let's bring back these <laughs> quirky 80s ideas and see a modern take on them i say so looking forward to seeing this one plenty awesome well i'll tell you someone else who has seen this as well uh, my mate bill jet ramey from batman on film.com he also has been able to see this movie and he's got some thoughts about how this impacts the wider dc warner brothers universe so i'm going to put in that interview now uh, we we don't go spoilers so don't worry you don't need to fast forward or anything like this and it's great to always hear bill talk about batman and the dc comics world so sit back and enjoy we are delighted to welcome back on talk filming to me bill jet ramey from batman on film.com the authoritative definitive the dadgum original how are you doing sir 
I'm doing fantastic, sir. How are you? I am absolutely amazed. It's Friday. It's been a very long week, but yeah. a very good week. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to a press screening of Shazam earlier on in the week, yeah. as I know uh, you and the folks at BOF have had a chance to do as well. And I'm putting this interview as part of our uh, kind of spoiler-free review of Shazam. Okay. And uh, I suppose my first question is, you've seen the film. What's your initial thoughts? I, I liked it a lot. I really did. I... I- I have been waiting for this film since 1974. I wrote about that on the website because I was a huge fan of the the 70s Saturday morning uh, Shazam TV live action TV series, and that's how I discovered the character. And then from there, I uh, read a lot of the old Golden Age Fawcett. Well, of course, DC uh, had licensed licensed the character by then in the in the early 70s. All those old Fawcett, Golden Age, uh, Captain Marvel comics, and that's how I kind of um, became a huge, huge fan of the character. And I always thought it would make for a great hmm. uh, movie because it's, you know, it, it's it's the superhero version of Big, and it was that it was it was Big before there was Big because it's it's always <laughs> been, you know, the premise is a you know a, a kid says a word he turns into a superhero, basically Superman. So. Um, I, I wasn't. I was not disappointed after all the uh, years of, of wanting to see this movie made, and you know, it, it had actually been in development hell for I don't know twenty twenty plus years, and they finally made it, and I thought they did a pretty pretty good job with it. Yeah, completely agree. There's definitely. I mean, there's even. This is no spoiler to say. There's even a, a kind of. A tribute paid to Big in one particular scene, which I thought was just so charming, and yes, you, you spend yes. the whole film just going, "This is this is Big." If it was, if uh, if you yes. take Richard Donner's Superman and mixed it with Big, this is what you're getting on screen. And just as you're thinking that, you then get that scene. Absolutely brilliant. But yeah. to your your point, um, there's loads of characters to to pick into in the DC law. Why? Mm-hmm. Why did they go for Shazam at this point? What's your what's your take on why they decided on Shazam to make into a well, film? Like I said, I know for for years they you know there's been several scripts, several directors behind this. They this is something they tried to do for a long time at Warner Brothers and New Line. Uh, you know, my my friend, the great Michael Uslan, was once uh, uh, tasked as producer to this to that property and. Yeah, I think it was just the right time because it's a it's a it's, it's very much of a palate cleanser to the stuff you got from you know um, uh, BBS and just especially BBS and then of course Justice League and then it's just it, it's a fun light lighthearted it, it's family that's the theme it's a family movie take your kids and it's just it, it's it's a little different than the, a lot of what folks are doing and. Um, mm. I'm glad. I think they made the right decision. Yeah, I agree with that. I also couldn't... I mean, I didn't know nothing about this character, really. I mean, I've seen the character appear in a few animated movies, uh, which and it sounds like a really interesting character. But upon watching this film, I can see there's a real lore of story, uh, with with any DC character, for that fact. But similar to how Aquaman was so successful, and we're now getting a spin-off movie with The Trench, do you Mm -hmm. think that we will see more spin-offs coming out of these films? And do you think we'll see more stories coming out of Shazam? I think well with Shazam for sure because there's going to be a Black Adam movie with uh, Dwayne Johnson Rock at some point and that's Black Adam is is uh, one of I, I, look I'm going to call him Captain Marvel so if you're listening to this and you're going he was he saying he was always Captain Marvel there's <laughs> there's some legal uh, aspects why they can't use the name as far as calling the character that but Shazam Captain Marvel but he was always the, the Black Adam was became uh, one of um, the character's biggest enemies. And of course, they used Dr. Savannah in this film, and he is, um, he is traditionally, he is, he is the Lex Luthor to Shazam slash Captain Marvel as Lex Luthor is to, is to Superman as the Joker is to, to Batman. So I, I, I'm glad that they went that route. I see why they went that route. Plus, they're trying to set up the Black Adam thing hmm. as well. And if you notice, I won't give anything away, there is a little setup to it at one point in the movie. If you blinked, you might have missed it. But uh, yeah, uh, I think we'll get Black Adam and then we probably will get 
a movie, a Shazam sequel with those two squaring off. That is a really good point because in the film, obviously, the name Shazam is kind of his superpower, right? It's kind of like a, a word no one should know. And they yes. they managed to dodge around it in this film, but at some point, they're going to have to call the hero something, right? Something. And well, I mean, they named him Captain Sparklefingers you know, <laughs> in, in, in there, uh, which was a kind of a cool little nod to the old, you know, Captain Marvel thing. But, you know, you know Shazam is the wizard. You know, I'm going all nerd and uh, old school <laughs> Captain Marvel, Fawcett comics. But Shazam is the wizard, and he was Captain Marvel, and and uh, and. But yeah, I guess maybe they, just, they really don't say anything. You just, you know, you just maybe he just is. But uh, I know a lot of people refer to him as as Shazam, and that and that's fine. But I'll just, I will never, I will never call him that. He's always Captain Marvel to me. But. Um, yeah, I'm just yeah. I think they're setting that universe up quite well, and and uh, I hope they you know get the trench like you mentioned earlier. I wouldn't mind seeing little spinoff movies and having these solo films ha- have their own little hmm. cool little universe. So yeah, I, I support that 100. percent Yeah, in in speaking with that, I remember um, back when you guys were reporting on Justice League and everything else in between Mm -hmm. of that, and I remember it was you guys that actually kind of broke the the stories that um, Warner Brothers was going to move away from extended universe movies mm-hmm. and just double down on um, on good films and mm-hmm. the first proper one out the bat was probably Aquaman and it's fair to say that that mm-hmm. that attitude has led to a much better film and we're seeing that I think with Shazam I think we've got a much better property as a result of just telling a damn good story um, but that being said keeping it spoiler free there is a cameo in this film I think mm-hmm. it's probably more of a wink rather than opening up anything more but it begs the question will there be more crossovers even though Warner Brothers has said, actually, we kind of want to just get the films right first. What's your view on that? I don't think I, I, look, I, I never say never, but I, I don't. I don't think it's anything like that's coming anytime soon. Um, for one thing, a lot of these, you know, look, Ben Affleck is done playing Batman, and for all the 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 the, the information we have, Henry Cavill. That Superman is not going to come back either. So you're left with from that group. You've left with um, you know Wonder Woman, and you have Aquaman. And I think you just you just move forward. You know for you know for for the most part Aquaman was was standalone, and you got the upcoming Wonder Woman 1984, which should be completely standalone. Hmm. But I, I mean I I, do, I think at some point they might, but. They've had a lot of success with realizing, look, let's just make good movies. And I mean, Aquaman made a, a billion freaking dollars worldwide, mm. and and it, you didn't need a crossover, you didn't need a Justice League movie to do that. So, I think if Warner Brothers is traditionally they're a director-driven studio, and they they had a lot of their success, you know, the Nolan films and such and so forth. Uh, letting these directors do their thing, and and I think we'll we'll see more of that in the relatively near future, five, ten years or so. But I mean, uh, who knows? I mean, at some point, maybe they'll give Justice League a go again and do something completely different, maybe with di- completely different versions of those DC characters. Hmm. That's fair enough, really. And I think, you, you know, as you rightfully said, the amount of box office hits they're starting to get in now, all of a sudden things are starting to look a little bit more rosier uh, mm-hmm. for Warner Brothers with the incomes that's coming in. Like, say, Aquaman, I'm pretty sure Wonder Woman 1984 yeah. is going to going to gross really well as well. And I, I really hope Shazam does well at the box office. It's one of those, after watching it, it deserves to... to to have a good run and uh, and if that leads to crossovers fantastic but um i yeah long may it continue if this is the the new direction we're getting into but surprisingly enough am i right in thinking this is the first dc movie we've had that actually didn't have anything to do with Zack snyder am i right in thinking that um yes yes you're right shazam was um of course shazam was created under it was you know the genesis of that movie and his inception was under the old regime, where they were where they were overtly planning on this you know crossover shared universe type stuff, and uh, I think they did okay you know except for the, the you know what you mentioned earlier 
which could be, I mean, depending on how you look at it, could be ambiguous because of the way it's it's done. And I, I will say this: I thought the rest of the movie, with as much of the DC stuff that's in it, it was very let the audience decide whether these are fictional characters, whether they're re- real characters. You know, because you had real action figures, you know, multiverse yeah. DC characters, uh, action figures you can get. You had, you know, uh, Batman stuffed animals and, and Batman <laughs> toys that, that, that featured the classic Batman look that you didn't see in BBS or Justice League. Same goes, you know, they, you had the, the, the real Superman logo, the comic book logo, instead of the Man of Steel logo at times. Uh, you know, the kids, uh, Freddie Freeman's wearing an Aquaman shirt. So I think it, I think it did a great job of like if you went in there and you wanted this to be part of, you know, the BBS slash Justice League universe, you, you could you could go with it. And the other hand, if you wanted it to be standalone and it, it, it was, you know, people could take it as well, they're just toys. They're just that's merchandise. Mm-hmm. So I think they did. A, I think that they really they did a good job with that. And uh, and, uh, you know, I. I Going forward with DC on film, you know, we'll see because Birds of Prey, which will come out next year, will be the it's really it's the first movie that's completely created from its origin and inception and it's conceived under this new regime. Uh, Ah. So that'll, that'll be that'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah, it's a fascinating time. It's uh, interesting to see where they go now that, like you say, there's kind of a new regime sitting in on that. I think, am I right in thinking the only, the last DC movie, or should I say the final DC movie we've got this year is that Joker movie, which is kind of all of a sudden gathering momentum and we're starting to see press deals from that. It'd be really interesting to see where they go with that direction as well. Yes, that that they said as much when they came out with it. That's going to be, uh, it's, going to be uh, it's going to be its own standalone mm. Uh, it's completely standalone, one-off movie, and and uh, it's going to be a self-contained story. It's not setting up anything else. And I think it's what a lot of people, uh, you know, get response. Well, if it does well, you know, you see a sequel and this and that, and Matt Reeves and blah blah blah. I'm saying you got to you got to take out what you expect. You know, the the norms of of how these movies are set up, where it's, you know, make this movie and you're hoping to spin off sequels. This is like a little art house, one-off, lower-budget movie. Yeah. And and uh, doing something completely different. And look, I applaud them for doing this because, you know, I don't see any, you know, other other companies, Marvel or whoever, aren't doing this kind of stuff. And, and hell, I'll, I'd like to see more of it. I mean, do, do something else like this. Very true. Uh, not everything has to be connected, and uh, mm-hmm. the comics aren't necessarily interconnected. And they're starting to do mm-hmm. more animated movies as one-off ones, mm-hmm. like The Killing Joke, for yeah. example, and, and all yeah. that. So, um, yeah, Bill would love to to pick your brains when we know a bit more about the Joker movie as well, and it happens. But once again, thank you so much for your time. Much appreciated. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. And look, if you're listening, go see Zam. Bring your kids. Bring your nephews, nieces cousins whoever it's a it's a fun movie I, I took my youngest son and he of course he's he's 17 and he's six foot three 255 pounds but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah he, he enjoyed it and, you know i pretended like he was a little boy again he was always, he always a little boy in my, in my mind but uh kids will love this kids will love it it's 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 a kids you know it's a wish fulfillment i mean you become a superhero it's awesome there we go what more recommendations you need than that thanks again bill no problem no, did you see that yeah you electrocuted a bus and almost killed these people and then I caught it! News. So, there are times when your personal interests cross over into uh, the stuff that you work on. And my day job is, I, you know, for those who don't know, I work in technology. I am what they call a product manager. I work with publishers and technology. And on, I think it was Monday night, uh, Apple done their, their usual, hey, we're going to get everyone in the Steve Jobs auditorium and talk about 
things that are going to be coming out in the pipeline. Now, this has been billed for a little while as this is the time that Apple is going to announce their streaming service. And lo and behold, not only did they announce they're going to become a bank, they're offering a gaming streaming service, they're going to offer subscriptions to magazines. They also announced uh, the re-emergence of Apple TV and a service called Apple Plus. And I said to John, I was like, this is actually massive. Like this is potentially could be earth shattering. And there's loads of news in this within itself. So we're only going to focus news this week on that press announcement and all the things that that entails in terms of what does that mean in terms of our entertainment offerings over the over the next 12 months um john did you get did you catch any of these press conferences or see any of the people that come out of this i've yeah i've caught up a little bit and it's just staggering the people they've got haven't they yeah it's incredible um and the shows they've lined up i mean interesting but all i can think of is google plus <laughs> you know huge company uh tries to do compete with the big boys i.e facebook i.e netflix and falls on its ass but has way too much money to fail so it just sort of sits there but that's the cynic in me well get me excited flinty come on well, just to stay on the cynic cynicism for a, a second longer, um, when they were like trying to announce all these different things, they had um, they made the stage go dark, and then all of a sudden they'll turn the lights on, and then one of the creators they were lining up for this uh, for these different properties would just appear on stage and talk about it. And at one point, I shit you not, Big Bird was on stage on his own. And behind him was an illuminated sign of the Apple Plus logo and like Sesame Street characters around it. And I'm just thinking, if Steve Jobs was alive or if we could time travel back and just say to him, that's going to be your theatre <laughs> and Big Bird is going to be addressing your your audience. Um, but anyway, uh, let's talk about some of these things that popped up. So let's talk about one of the things that definitely shocked me anyway was that Steven Spielberg is going to be making original content for Apple+. Plus. The uh, reason why I'm so shocked about this is Steven Spielberg actually come out and has been really hammering against uh, Netflix for making movies and saying they're not they shouldn't be allowed for submission to uh, awards and things like that. I mean we should point out that Steven Spielberg is not making films for Apple Plus. He's only he's making uh, he's actually reviving an old TV show called Amazing Stories. So it's more about the TV line, but the fact that they got Steven Spielberg you know off the bat to be making such content. I mean, am I being too picky? What's your take on that, John? I I mean, what an acquisition! Amazing. Um... Spielberg and the one that intrigued me was Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon with their morning show. Can you mm. remember the Friends episodes where Reese Witherspoon, as her little sister, comes and stays? I mean, those two you know are going to have some good rapport. Um, I'm not. This show is not going to be aimed at me, obviously, but I think just everywhere you look, the acquisitions are just staggering, aren't they? But they have to convert that to good. TV shows, which is the hard part. Yeah, very true. On that one, the morning show. So the concept of this one is that, like I say, it's Jennifer Anderson with Reese Weatherspoon, but also Steve Carell is in this one, and uh, it's it's also been brought to the screen by a gentleman called Brian Stelter. Um, the idea of this show is it's basically, like I say, it's a comedy set in a newsroom uh, about gender dynamics and things like that. We've kind of seen this sort of stuff before. I think Anchorman touched upon that in movie form, anyway. Uh, and the irony is that actually we were talking about Steve Partridge at the start. Maybe it is kind of like that. It's like it's not the show it's the how the show is made and even when it's like between takes and stuff that'll be interesting to see um so that's mm. that's their kind of attempt i suppose uh, at comedy part we've already got steven spielberg uh, producing some stuff here as well but if that wasn't enough to shock you uh, then all of a sudden on stage was jj abrams like disney must be spitting feathers right now to be honest when they're like no you're our star wars guy and the Star Wars movies you make will end up on our streaming service. And then you're on the fucking stage at Apple with Sarah Breeze talking about this show called Little Voice. What the hell, man? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, let's talk price a little bit. What is your prediction? How much are they going to charge? Well, I have no idea. They didn't talk about price too much. And there's a reason for that, I think. Uh, if this was going to be cheap, they would have said off the bat. They would have been 
straight away telling you that this is either free as part of your Apple Music membership maybe, or maybe they're going to join them together as one package. I think the pricing is going to be quite expensive. I think we're probably looking at $19.99 a month or something like that. Um, there is a part of me though that thinks, so let's talk about, uh, while we're talking about pricing, let's talk about Apple TV. Apple TV is getting an upgrade. Um, they are starting to do what they call packages and whether that's based off bundles kind of like with amazon like how you can get channels off of that and maybe subscribe to channels and pay additionally for that so maybe they're going to do a subscription service where you pay for apple tv and you pick hbo and maybe i don't know uh brit hub you know that new stupid service they put together a box yeah yeah, yeah. They're, they're advertising that as like a thing on apple tv uh, in america and like the reason why our American listeners might be listening to this and going, yeah, why, why have you Brits kicked up a stink about this? Basically, all that content you can get for free in the UK. Like, Technically, we pay for it for our TV license, but that's here nor there. And the fact that they're bundling that up and making it a subscription service in, in other countries is kind of taking the piss because that content's already been paid for. Um, but anyway, um, back, to, back to the pricing structure. I think they're probably going to go along the lines of it's going to be quite expensive, but the value proposition might be quite a lot. So there might be stuff like you get HBO and another channel as a bundle and access to these shows as well. I mean, we've always said the strength of this will be dependent on the content. And although we don't have much... Uh, quantity here sounds like we're getting quite a lot of of uh, of quality. Mm. Um, I mean, HBO has proven that if you have one absolute, you know, megalodon hit, you're set, aren't you? Game of Thrones, and I mean HBO has a lot of great shows. I'm not saying that, but let's be fair, that show must have carried it some weight. Um, so, oh, I mean, for sure. And same with Netflix. At various times, they've had those shows where everyone's talking about them, and you know people might have cancelled there and never renew it again because of one show, like Breaking Bad. I remember, um, and there are many examples. House of Cards down the, down the uh, years. So it's about whether they can uh, get that right. But I mean, how many how many streaming subscriptions would you take out? As it is, I've got Netflix and Amazon Prime, and I've only got Amazon Prime because I've got, I like things being delivered quickly because I'm very impatient. So uh, I don't really use it. I can't see myself getting four or five. Um, what? How do you feel? I think they've got to add more than just the TV. So I think if they do a package where you get Amazon Music and your iCloud storage and access to the TV content that's been made for Apple TV Plus, I think you've got an amazing value proposition there. And I think that all of a sudden, um, that's a conversation in many a household worth having. I don't think you get rid of Netflix for it. I don't think you get rid of Amazon Prime for it. I think you have it in addition to. And the only thing to make it worth being an addition to is if you get so much. So, like, I might get rid of Spotify if I have Apple Music as well as Apple TV Plus. Do you get my point? So there's not one angle you're playing. You're not just facing entertainment versus entertainment. You're facing against all the other commodities that make up a good service. Amazon Prime, for lack of a better phrase, is not particularly good in terms of the, the TV offerings. Yes, Jack Ryan's good. And yes, they are, they are throwing loads of money behind the original content part. But most people never get rid of it because, yeah, okay, the films aren't that great you get on there for free, but unlimited delivery. You actually do get cloud storage. Did you know you get one audiobook for free as well as being an Amazon Prime member? Probably didn't even, weren't even aware of that, but it's so indispensable to your online life that you're, you're probably going to keep it forever unless Amazon really do fuck it up. So I think Apple need to play that card, and maybe they are this banking service they're talking about maybe the the gaming service as well maybe there's something in there but let's talk a bit about the the content and the creators they're lining up for this so i couldn't help but notice there was a lot of uh for lack of a better phrase fuck you to a lot of streaming services out there so one of the main ones that made me absolutely jump out of my skin to see him on stage other than jj abrams other than uh, mr spielberg was camille nanjiri uh, the guy who done um, the big sick for amazon uh, him and his mrs emily gordon have put together another tv show it's going to be called little america it's got a focus on immigrant americans or families of immigrant americans and the general lives they lead it was 
fascinating to hear him tell his story and talk a little bit about how this is going in there. There's going to be a lot of other people involved in this as well. So the co-creator of Master of None, uh, Alan Yang, is also involved in this show as well as showrunner. So that's an amazing acquisition. But at the same time, Amazon, again, must be going, what the hell? Yeah, I'm sure we gave him like $5 million last year. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's... That's a great one. They've really diversified everything, haven't they? They've tried to hit every uh, everything they could, including Big Bird. And <laughs> what bigger acquisition than that, Flinny? I mean, let's bring back Sesame Street. I think that's. Uh, I think a lot of people in England will be excited about that because we obviously don't get to see that so readily. So. Yeah, well, another acquisition, Big Bird aside, was M. Night Shyamalan, like or Shamalian, sorry, as, as uh, John would pronounce it. And he's he's here producing TV as well for them. It's actually Robert Grint. You may know him as Ron Weasley. He's been attached to the star in the leading role in this. So, like, yeah, you're, you're talking about Hollywood royalty coming in here and making TV content for this. And the big, the trump card, the... Uh, that's probably not the best way of describing that. The The big, big setup for the end was Oprah popping up. Now, in the UK, we kind of don't get it. Like, we don't really watch Oprah, apart from maybe on some weird channel on Sky every now and again. But in America, she is a religion. Like, she owns her own channel. Her Like, if she gives you that sticker on a book as a book recommendation, you're set for life as an author sort of thing. So to get her to be making original content exclusively for Apple Plus or Apple TV Plus... That is a massive acquisition, which is going to drive home so many subscriptions, I think. Yeah, and that's huge, isn't it? That's, we, are, we don't really understand that. Cause I don't think we have any, anyone comparable in England. But you get there's a reason every political figure just begs for her endorsement, because it equals literally millions of votes. So, um, yeah, that's pretty stunning, isn't it? Yeah, and another something that I do applaud them for, they're looking at not just traditional methods of storytelling, right? So you've got the traditional sitcom with the the uh, new show. We're going to have uh, a horror show of some kind, I assume, from M. Night Sh- um, Shyamalan. We've got uh, Little Voice, which is very much about um, female empowerment and music. In fact, there was an amazing, stunning performance by the lead um, done at the, at the unveiling as well. But here's a, something that I'm fascinated by uh, this was announced by jason momoa and the show is just going to be called c and it's basically a futuristic post-apocalyptic drama where the earth has lost the ability to see like it is wiped wow. a deadly vi- a deadly virus has wiped out a few million of the earth's population and those who have survived are left permanently blind and i think jamie hannon might be touching himself uh, listening to this, it <laughs> sounds like Waterworld. Well, yeah, Waterworld with Jason Momoa, who's Aquaman. There we go. We're back to <laughs> that's how it all links. But um, they they done like an experiment on the stage, really. They they turned all the screens off. They made it all dark, and they had Jason Momoa uh, reading a passage of uh, what it's like for someone to experience going outside if they were blind. And I have a feeling that they've got an opportunity of this show to really fuck with our senses. I don't know how they're going to do it and I don't know if it's just a case of making it dark a lot of the time or only making certain things or, you know, blind does not necessarily mean you cannot see anything. It usually means that you are visually impaired. So what does that mean? And I think when we're talking of days of, we're talking of days of representation and uh, really utilising that in our mediums, then blind's kind of not really been touched upon really we're starting to see sign language being used a lot now in tv shows the walking dead uh, one of their lead characters now is deaf and they integrate a lot of sign language in that which is fantastic to see and i'm interested to see what apple's going to do here maybe they can be uh, maybe they can be visionaries maybe they can lead the way and show more representation or maybe it's just a gimmick i don't know but i'm fascinated to see where they go with that maybe we get to see it through the blind person's eyes and it's a really cheap show to make because it's just a black screen. <laughs> well, there we go. I really want to be inclusive. There was me trying to dress it up, John, and make it a bit classy about representation, and you had to go 
throw that in there. But um, that's what but, I'm here for. I uh, always there to get the class in as well, Adrian. But uh, yeah, so as you can see, there's lots of interesting concepts here, lots of interesting, uh, amazing storytellers involved in here. Would love to hear what the Talk Film Is Me audience think about this. Get in contact with us on Twitter at Talk Film Is Me. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scare a family? Hi, can I help you? Rewind back to 2016 when Jordan Peele's first movie came out, Get Out. It was a cultural revelation. It sparked a big debate about how we treat race, how we think about horror movies, and what does it mean to be nominated for an Oscar. Uh, fast forward three years, and we have now got his second. Is it the tricky second album? Well, we'll find out over the next review. Us, uh, Jordan Peele's second forte into horror. It is focused very much on a young family. The castness is absolutely stellar. John, before I go into my review, how hyped are you on this film from one to ten? I'd give it a good nine. I mean, Get Out was a film of the year, wasn't it? It completely took everyone by surprise. So original. Um, so I'm buzzing for this. And we looked at the trailers a few months back and... That's, I mean, I don't usually get excited by trailers, as I've said, but that one, oh my God. Brilliant. Well, let me uh, just set the scene. I'm only going to set the table. I'm not going to lay the plates just <laughs> yet. So I'd appreciate that. Thank you. So the concept of this film it is about a young family in middle America going out to somewhere in San Francisco for a family holiday. It turns out that the mum has been to that area before when she was a child, uh, but you don't know necessarily exactly what happened. And after one visit to the beach that evening, uh, they have some intruders turn up at their house. Uh, but they're not just any intruders. These these intruders or double gangers of the family themselves, literally facing off against us. Um, I'm not going to go into too much more plot details than that because it will go into spoiler territory. But it's fair to say that obviously with the talent of of Jordan Peele directing and writing this, the styles that you can think about from Get Out, this has been amplified up to eleven. The cast in this film, I can't underestimate this enough, is so so good. Um, let's talk about the leads first of all so I'm probably going to butcher some names here so apologies for that but Lupita Nyong'o uh, plays that's not uh, bad for me oh, I'm thanks. impressed thanks John I actually <laughs> went on Google and, and asked it to pronounce stuff for me um, but anyway Lupita uh, <laughs> plays a character called Adeline and uh, and she plays a, uh, obviously her doubleganger as well who's called Red um, I'm just going to go through the cast and then talk about why these performances are so good. Winston Duke, uh, you may remember him from his scene-stealing turn in Black Panther. He plays her husband called Gabe and also his double-ganger called Abraham. Now, I was doing a lot of research for this uh, this review and uh, I'll explain why I've done a lot of research in a moment. But Winston Duke, those two scenes that you may have seen him in, in Black Panther, and also I should point out that Lupita is also in... Um, Black Panther as well and she's fantastic as well but let's talk about Winston Duke for a second he is so good in that film I found out that that is his first big film performance in fact it took him nearly 400 auditions to actually get a job in a film that is a fucking crying shame because he is such a talented man and thank god uh, Jordan Peele got this guy straight after Black Panther to be in this film as well he is brilliant and um, also randomly Elizabeth Moss is in this film from Mad Men and uh, and Handmaid's Tale she's randomly in this as well as well as Tim Heidecker but uh, let's talk about the family in particular so Adeline and Gay, they've got two children uh, called Jason and Zora typical American family you know, just the dad's cheesy as hell, pulling the old dad jokes. Uh, the mum is very protective because, you know, you don't know why, but there's a there's something underlying within that. And uh, the way they play their double gangers is just absolutely incredible. And the performances are just so freaky. Jordan Peele has got a, a thing. I'm starting to see some patterns now. He's done two films. Um, he, has, he likes to have a colour palette for his movies. If you're thinking Get Out, blue was like the main colour theme for that, really. Think about the shirts and the, the styles all lent towards the colour blue. The colour palette in this film is very much red. The doppelgangers all wear red overalls. They all carry around a pair of golden scissors. That's very important to the narrative, but I can't explain why. Um, also, he has a thing about crying and not blinking. 
So do you remember in Get Out when uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character's uh, strapped to the chair and he's locked in that trance and he's crying and he can't blink and it's freaky? Do you remember that? Yeah. Right, so they kind of turn that up to 11 in this film. So uh, there's a scene where Red, Adeline's uh, doppelganger, is just putting her fingers against her face in a really freaky way. And then all of a sudden, cries a little bit of her eyes open and doesn't blink. And they put on some really interesting voices as well. So the concept is that they haven't spoken for a very, very long time. And the voice she puts on is so creepy. It's like a mixture of the grudge uh, meets, uh, I don't know, like Witches of Eastwick. I don't know. There's something fascinating about this. There are so many homages to some amazing horror films in there. There's a bit of Crow, like The Crows. Like It feels like a Hitchcock movie to an extent. Um, mm. We were talking about the, the soundtrack uh, to that trailer. I've got five on it played. Uh, that The needle drops three times in this film with that song all for different reasons and all in different versions as well uh, uses sound uses edit like the editing in this film oh my god like the, the editing is beautiful it, the way it cuts scenes together the cinematography is absolutely amazing i generally believe that jordan pill is going to be a director of our generation he is going to be a hitchcock for our generation you know it's very bold words but i generally believe it with this film now Obviously, I can't go into spoiler uh, territory, and there's a reason for that, eh? Because I want you to go see this film. I do not want this to be spoiled whatsoever for you. But also, we will be doing a spoiler special, really going into the detail on the the philosophies touched upon in this movie. So this is the only thing I will say about the philosophies without giving any spoilers away. The things this film touches upon, the direction this film goes upon, there are certain twists and turns that you did not see coming, that you did see coming, that you forgot about, got reminded about, got educated about, completely changed your perception on something, made you love certain aspects of life, hate certain aspects of life. You go through a complete journey on this film. And if you take those concepts on face value, this film is a masterpiece. It will stay with you for days afterwards. You are going to be obsessed about this. You will think this is the second coming of sliced bread in terms of directorial <laughs> movies. Um, if you start... And this film explains itself a lot in certain ways. There are certain scenes where you literally have an expedition of what is going on, why this is happening. And these reasons, some of them will be completely out there and some of them will be try to be grounded in some form of logic and if you try to pull apart that logic you will spoil this film for yourself don't think about it just go with it if you just go with it you will get the full cinematic experience this film wants you to have and you deserve to have with the talent that's on screen so from that perspective, I don't want to use the word flawed masterpiece because that kind of gives a negative connotation. There are elements, if you think about it too much, it might not hold up with some of the explanations you get in this movie. That being said, it is absolutely incredible. This will make no sense right now, but it will do once you've seen it. It feels like Jordan Peele has made a Twilight episode, a Twilight Zone episode in a movie. It feels like it could be an anthology story plucked from uh, the most weirdest creative minds going and that's the that's the thing he was going for and um, the cast in this i keep saying absolutely brilliant dynamic between them so great this is funny this is actually like this is a horror film first and foremost but there are funny elements in this jordan peele's comedy chops shine through in this jordan peele is so good at doing that dialogue winston duke is obviously very very funny he's a very charismatic man he manages to slightly bring that charismatic charm to it without it being too overpowering without it being taken away from the narrative the MVP is Lupita. She is absolutely fantastic in this. She, if she does not get an Oscar nomination for this performance, then, then, then burn the whole fucking place down because she is so good in this film. Like I say before, like I said in this review, there are certain elements. If you pull it apart, you might, you might not have as good a time as I did. But I've been thinking about this film. I've seen it twice now uh, since Six came out, and I, it's a, in my opinion, it is a masterpiece. And I can't wait to dive into this in more detail in our spoiler special. Mate, you've served, you've done your job very well. You've got me very uh, excited about watching this, so can't wait. And I really hope, I suspect I'm going to find it as good as you. But yeah, I'm, I am a bit nervous now. Uh, don't be just. Totally different, you know, we've got just totally different taste, Flinny. 
Well, what if uh, I think it's absolute crap. <laughs> I doubt it. I think you you will. Uh, I think you will. As I mentioned before, there'll be things that you could point at and and poke at. And if you do too much poking, it kind of falls apart. But uh, I think if you think about the ambition and the scope that this film actually has, it starts out as one thing and it evolves into something completely different. And when you start thinking about the philosophies that underpin that, this film on face value is not about race it's not about consumerism it's not about uh duality it's it's all those things and something completely different at the same time there are so many homages to classic 80s movie tropes in this uh, jordan peele is a massive geek there are tons of easter eggs to uh, there's some get out easter eggs in there there's some easter eggs to some of the comedy stuff he's worked on he i can't give you any more details than that we'll have to go through the spoiler special but now I've done a load of research on this and listened to interviews and read interviews with the cast and the director. There is some stuff that smacks you right in the face and you didn't even realise and it blows your mind. Um, I can't give it much more praise than that. I generally think we are in the presence of a, an amazing director. He's This is his second film, okay? The difficult second album, as they tend to say. And, you know, this, this is not Get Out cultural importance let's just get that off the table now like this is not that movie this is a great horror movie and this has got some really interesting in-depth concepts which is not designed to go in the same direction as get out and to compare it to that is unfair what i think this is part of is an amazing body of work which hopefully in 10 years time if we're still doing this podcast we'll sit down and go okay what's your favorite jordan peele movie and we could ask 10 different people and hopefully you'll get 10 different answers just like a christopher nolan debate right like what's your favorite nolan movie i hope we'll be having those what's your favorite jordan peele movie debate this is definitely a very very good chapter in hopefully what will be a book of amazing stories and uh, i really can't wait for his twilight zone show as well like if this is what's in that dude's mind and he wants to make an anthology show take my money now man like this is good. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to go into any more details than that. Um, like I say, the editing is beautiful. The cinematography is incredible. The soundtrack it is, you know, the banger, five on it. You'll never listen to it the same way again. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to overhype this. Just go to it as much as you can. But, it, in my opinion, it is a five-star movie. And, uh, yes, dropping very shortly, as soon as we can. Uh, me, John, maybe even a couple of others are going to be doing a spoiler in-depth special about us in particular. And we'd love to hear your thoughts. So please get in contact on the Twitter account, at TalkFilmyTV. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to this as much as we've enjoyed making it, please click on the like, subscribe, follow, whatever button it is that you get more content from Talk Filmy to me. Before I thank my boy John, I'd like to thank Dead Good Tees. Uh, T-shirt company, we'll be tweeting about them over the week. We'll be doing a giveaway where you'll be able to win if you retweet and follow the post any shirt you'd like from their website. I am currently wearing one right now. I will tweet a photo of it to see how cool it is. Anyway, John, now I've got the, the plug over with. How can people follow Find you. you will find me on Twitter retweeting um, <laughs> that tweet in the hope of getting a free t-shirt at Descamento. Great. We'll be back next week. We'll bring back with a streaming gem. We'll be back with a feature and a game and we'll be announcing next time we're in the studio we have a special guest again. Ooh. Stay filmy till next time. Bye bye. We're down in the basement. We'll lock the cellar door and baby. Talk filmy to me.